What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Thursday, August 18th, 2022, and today is Power to the Pod, Miami Dolphins fan mailbag episode every week. You're up. What do you want to talk about? Let's find out here today on the show. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm your host, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedrivenetwork.com. And I'm only steering the ship here today because you get to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about here today on Locked on Dolphins. It's Power to the Pot, our mailbag episode. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. There are so many great Dolphins podcasts that are out there. And for all of you who are choosing to start your day with Locked on Dolphins, cheers. Tip of the cap to all of you. Be greatly appreciated. So we're going to dive right in today here on the show. We're going to talk about all of the reviews that were left. They have come flooding in. We have had a massive influx, and I was going to wait until Friday. I said, I don't want to wait another day closer to the game uh, and risk falling even further behind. So our first review today uh, is a five-star review, and the question is, uh, G'day Kyle, is from Australia, and the name is Man Who Can't Even Play. It's the username. Thanks for providing great insight to camp. This month, how did Tua look throwing the ball on the run? I think he struggled with that last year. Tua throwing the ball on the move was one of the areas that I thought he best showcased some improvement from a torque and velocity perspective. Now, uh, I, I do think when you have a player who has the fluidity of Tua Tungvalu, you would be doing him a disservice to continuously utilize him in stationary pockets. Now, there's something worth acknowledging here, and I think it's something that uh, is more of a football strategy note more than anything else. But there are pros and cons to moving the pocket. Some of the pros to the pocket being moved are uh, pass rushers. When they come out of their stance, they have a certain landmark in mind, and when the quarterback moves, that landmark changes. So you can slow down opposing pass rush and keep opposing... Uh, passers, uh, pass rushers guessing. You can change the math that you have from a pass protection standpoint. But when you do execute rollouts, you are effectively cutting the field in half. And yes, Tua Tungvaloa, I thought, has looked pretty good throwing the ball on the move with the rollouts getting outside the pocket. But at the end of the day, I don't think Tua's strength is that, that he can be rolling to his left and then throw back to the right side of the field, down the field. Now, behind the line of scrimmage on a throwback screen? Sure, absolutely. But that's the risk that you run is if you go very high volume of rollouts, you understand the side that you're rolling to is the only half of the field and the only half of the width of the field that the defense has to cover. Uh, so... That's less of a Tua Tungvaloa thing and more of a strategy on leaning too hard into rolling out uh, and moving the pocket. And, and that's like the Dolphins last year. They leaned too hard and heavy 
on the RPO type concepts. And they lived and died by that world and became pretty one dimensional on offense at times as a result. Same thing with rolling the pocket. So now it's layering and stacking them on top of each other can give you a more robust offense. And that's the line you'll have to walk. Uh, MK Dolphin. Kyle, love the podcast as always. Is there a real reason why the Dolphins haven't pulled the trigger on J.C. Treader? There are still some decent veteran offensive linemen in free agency. Do you think Miami should add another vet? Or are you confident in what we have now? So we went over the tackle stuff earlier this week. Um, uh, I don't mind the interior situation. Is it going to blow you away? No. Uh, but I think it is also important to remember that all player personnel decisions are two-way streets. And J.C. Treader, for whatever reason, may have interests outside of signing with the Dolphins. And if that is indeed the case, um, no amount of interest from the team, unless you're going to throw dollars at him, is going to move the needle. And that's not to say that that's what the situation is. I don't even know that the Dolphins have interest in J.C. Treader. I know Dolphins fans see that name. They associate that player with a successful NFL player and say, that's the move. That's the way. That's the plan. Um, but I actually think center between your top two options being Connor Williams and Michael Dieter, and I know that we're all down on Connor Williams right now because of some handful of inconsistent snaps throughout the course of uh, practice each day. I know that it, it's popular to be down on the center situation, but I actually think the center position is probably the strongest of any of the five offensive linemen that we have between those two players, who I think you have two starting caliber players. What are the spot on the line? Can you say that? Now, yes, if you add Treader and you move uh, Connor Williams back to left guard, does that improve two spots? Possibly. And then Liam Eikenberg in a position battle to potentially maybe Liam Eikenberg becomes your swing tackle. I mean, you could change the, the assignments any number of different ways. But uh, I don't think there's a desperate need for a center right now. I think that they actually have a decent amount of options in that oh man decent amount of options in that bucket the next question comes from he found captain winky so of course an ace ventura reference that i will greatly appreciate every time i stumble across one long time listener first time reviewer thanks for the review of the show thanks for the great insight in the fins look forward to listening each day Great stuff. That said, I need some help. My buddy and I will be attending the Dolphins-Browns game in November and would like to partake in tailgate activities before the game. We're from out of state and know from previous visits that there are not a lot of bar options in the immediate area. That is very factually correct. Any chance you could put the word out with your listeners to see if someone would welcome us to their tailgate will gladly bring beverages. Thanks and keep up the good work. I will say this as somebody who is also an out-of-state Dolphins fan. People find out that you're coming. And there will be no shortage of invitations for you to join people who you share the common bond of being a Miami Dolphins fan with. I've been on the east side. I've been on the west side uh, of the stadium. It doesn't matter. You will find welcoming, warm faces and people at every turn. So I'm sure if you showed up with a case of beer or whatever your drink of choice is, 
Um, you would very quickly make some friends and it's a very awesome experience for me every time I go down to get to meet more and more Miami Dolphins fans and talk a little Dolphins football. So congrats uh, on getting down to a game this year and thanks for leaving a review of the show. I want to go into our next question, but before we do, if you're gearing up for fall, you need the right people on your team to make your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. You heard me right. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help find you the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Our next question on the show comes from Finkel is Einhorn. So, wow, we are on a roll with back-to-back Ace Ventura references from the usernames. And I'm sorry, my just made my day. Absolutely, positively made my day. It's a Roquan Smith comment. I'm not sure why everyone thinks Roquan Smith is a superstar. He's a good linebacker, but essentially has the same strengths and weaknesses as Jerome Baker. You went over the financials, but I don't even think he's a fit stylistically with Baker already on the team. I may be in the minority, but the Bears probably offered him what he's actually worth and not the perception of him. Can't fault them for not wanting to spend $20 million on a coverage linebacker that's a good but not great blitzer. Okay, you, so you went there. Uh, you said it, not me. But I will say this. Part of the personnel argument that I have posed in my resistance to wanting to invest in Roquan Smith is exactly what you said. His skill sets mirror that of Jerome Baker. So you are upgrading, and, and I think Roquan Smith is a better player in that role than what Jerome Baker currently is, but Jerome Baker is a quality starter as an NFL linebacker. There's only so much that you can go up above a quality starter. So you would be upgrading a quality starter with another quality starter overly investing in that portion of your linebacker room. And meanwhile, the other portion of your linebacker room is the one that really needed the upgrade in the first place. I agree with you 100%. Baker and Roquan Smith on the same roster is a redundant set of skills that does not address where Miami's weaknesses in the linebacker room actually lie. And that is another reason, part of the reason, I should say, as far as to never mind the cost of the contract, the cost of trading for this player, uh, makes it a right place but wrong time type of situation. In my mind, and that's just my opinion, uh, but but Finkel and Zeinhorn, yours as well, uh, as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins and the potential fit. Um, Hair Bale 
from Germany. We got a Germany review on the podcast. What's up, Hair? I am going to Miami. What's up, Kyle? Absolutely love the show. Best thing to listen to on my way to and from the gym. I got two questions. Oh, you'll double dip, you sly dog. Okay. As a gift for my birthday, I am going to the Miami versus Vikings game in October, flying over from Germany. First question, any food recommendation in and outside of the stadium? Anything that's a must to try? Okay. Are you a coffee person? Is the question that I have to ask. Because if you're a coffee person, uh, Cafe Cubano is the way to go while you're in South Florida. Um, I, I think, generally speaking, any of the uh, seafood options locally outside the restaurant or outside the stadium as well, uh, you can pick any number of different restaurants, but highly recommend the seafood if you're a seafood person as well. Um, but a Cafe Cubano is definitely a must-have in South Florida from my experience because I'm a big coffee guy, believe it or not, not just an energy drink guy. Um, but then I got to be honest, inside the stadium, I... I don't really do the food vending uh, because one of the tailgates, shout out Chef Greg, uh, that I stop by when I come down for games is just that they have the most phenomenal food every single time with Chef Greg, who runs the tailgate uh, with the grill. So um, he and Andy are, are good friends of mine that I've met through coming down for Dolphins games via the podcast. Uh, so find a good tailgate. Uh, I guess would be my recommendation for food at the stadium. Um, although I'm sure that if you ask those who do partake in vending inside, they, they could find you some good options as well. Uh, but you did have a second question with the tight end room being so quiet in training camp. Do you think it's going to improve once proper contact and game time comes getting worried about Kaseki? Um, I don't think you can have one without the other. Right. I, I don't think you can live in a world in which Dolphins tight ends don't block and consistently catch the football. Because if they don't block, I think the Dolphins will defer to players that do block. So I think you should be wary about Mike's long term fit and his ability, especially early in the season while it's still new to him. Uh, to acclimate itself. I think it's very telling that amongst Tua Tongvaloa and Chase Edmonds and Tyree Kill and Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddell, all the defensive players who did not play in the first preseason game, 88 was out there because 88 needs the reps. So uh, I can't guarantee that it's going to get better when legitimate game contact and game situations come. I think it will open them up to declare themselves as the assets that we want, hope, and need them to be to be able to successfully run the football. But that's a um, that's going to be a tightrope, in my opinion. Who's your Finn fan? Keep hearing good things about Skylar Thompson during camp. I like having Teddy, but I'm curious what it would take for you to consider trading Teddy and keeping Skylar and two in your QB room. Listen, there's there's an inherent experience dynamic with Teddy Bridgewater that you can be a seventh-round draft pick and go into a preseason game where things are pretty vanilla. Um, 
and feel good about him having a chance to play and represent himself well. And that's exactly what Skylar Thompson has done. And I think as Skylar grows as an NFL player, he's going to be a really good backup player. I think he, he like he could be like a Gardner Minshew type player uh, in my eyes. But the value that Teddy Bridgewater brings with over six, I believe it's 60 plus starts in the NFL um, is an inherent value that I would not want to surrender um, for a middle round or early day draft selection to save $6 million. I think for the good of the quarterback room, it benefits the Dolphins to have Teddy Bridgewater there as a resource for Tua Tungvaloa. For the good of if the Dolphins in season need to get through a game and Tua Tungvaloa is not available for whatever reason, whether that's an injury or COVID protocols or whatever, Teddy, with Teddy's experience, Teddy Bridgewater will still give you the best chance to win relative to a seventh-round rookie who played in the Big 12 and has been balling in camp. There's no question. I think he's making a very strong case to be the QB3 on the actual active 53-man roster to avoid exposing him to waivers. But that in NFL game prep, I think would give you, you'd be doing the rest of the roster a disservice to not have an experienced player at the quarterback position to step in if you need. That's just my opinion. Not a stooge. Was wondering what your thoughts are on the O-line and running game. Should I draft a Dolphins running back in my fantasy league? Listen, if you go through whatever fantasy draft that you have and you don't draft at least one Dolphins player, what like what gives? And if you can't get Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, or Tua Tungvaloa goes in a quarterback run before you can get him, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert should be a a. Uh, a pretty high reward versus risk investment for your team. Um, but yeah, I, I'd go after either Chase or Raheem if you needed a back and and you're one of those zero running back types where you draft all the other positions first. Uh, I think there's some payout to be had there. Um, I think Chase gives you a little bit more peace of mind for the sense that uh, the durability questions that Raheem Mostert has, but I think Raheem Mostert is more of your boomer bust and he could absolutely blow up in any given week, given his speed and explosiveness and the Dolphins presumed commitment to wanting to run the football. Our next review finally figured it out. Kyle, it's been about a year and a half that I have been listening to you just now. Have I figured out how to leave a review? Appreciate you leaving one. I appreciate your persistence to try to find out how to do so. And I'm glad that I could get around to you here on the show. You are by far my favorite podcast to listen to with Travis a close second. I'll make sure to tell Travis that next time I talk to him. Uh, you help me get me through my workouts and bus rides to work. I have two questions. Another double dipper. Another first time review double dipper. Okay. You talked about being patient and signing to a tongue of a low to a long-term extension, which makes sense. However, if after the season we see what we need to see from him, wouldn't it be cost efficient to try to get a deal done with him? My logic is that he may be more open-minded to taking a lower than market value contract than waiting to get more money. For example, if we could get him for an annual salary of about $25 million per year, as compared to waiting and having to pay him closer to $40 million per year, wouldn't that be worth the risk? For every Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, there is a Dak and Kirk Cousins. 
Oh boy. Okay. We're going to we're going to go down the rabbit hole here. So, I'm pulling up the fifth year option values by position for the 2023 year. Uh, this is the Christian Wilkins group of players. Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray is particularly important here uh, because Kyler Murray plays, obviously, the quarterback position. He's a Pro Bowl qualifier. Uh, he is eligible for his fifth-year option is $29.7 million. Daniel Jones, $22.3 million. Any other quarterback? Man, this is a brutal quarterback class, huh? So the two quarterbacks still on their rookie contracts are Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, 22.3. Kyler Murray, 29.7. If you were to try to offer Tua Tungvaloa $25 million per year, you're probably going to be an offering offering him a long-term contract extension that would already be worth what his fifth-year option is going to be when he is eligible to be placed with a fifth-year option. And that, I think, is what is a tough sell for Tua Tungvaloa is, hey, would you like to spend the next five years with no additional earning potential versus what you are valued to be right now? presuming you are going to get better as an NFL player. And then from the Dolphins' perspective, yes, you are running the risk of, if his sustained play continues, $40 million over the course of a couple of seasons of plus play would be probably your more realistic market. But I think if you were going to sign to a Tungvaloa to a contract extension, I don't think he's signing for 25 uh, I think he's looking at 25 as his earning potential floor for the fifth year option year and saying, hey, like, if I'm your starting quarterback, then you can't be paying me what the minimum value of me is as a player. Um, and, and the Dallas Cowboys learned, learned this the hard way because the Cowboys played hardball with Dak Prescott and they strung it out for two franchise tags or whatever uh, when they could have been working on a contract extension with Prescott and ended up costing themselves probably 6 or $7 million per season when it was all said and done versus what they could have signed him for if they were more proactive and signed him 18 years later. But $7 million per season or a middle-tier, adequate-level starter per season at the cost of 18 months of waiting and having the clarity on exactly what this player is or is not, especially with two only would only be having one year of play in the system. I think is a cost that I would welcome for the peace of mind of having a bigger sample size of Tungvaloa in this system. And maybe that's cowardly of me, but at the same time, I am very process and sample size oriented. And I don't know that we're going to get to the end of a 17-game sample size with Tua Tungvaloa, and I'm going to have the answers that I need either way. And that's what makes it tough, because you are due a decision with the fifth-year option. Tua plays well, you exercise the fifth-year option. If Tua doesn't play well, you probably don't exercise the fifth-year option and see what opportunities present themselves, and you give Tua a chance to potentially play again next year and re 
ignite enthusiasm and then he's going to get rewarded because he's going to get paid regardless. Um, there's no shortage of ways that this thing can go, but long-term contracts after three years when it's only one year in this system is uh, an aggressive approach that could cut either way. And if you don't have to make that decision when it could still cut either way, I would probably <laughs> defer to not wanting to make the decision until I need to. And let's listen, let's be honest. Like, uh, Chris Greer's been pretty deliberate with contracts. Right? He hasn't been haphazardly signing them. Uh, there's a lot of the the deadline spur action dynamic with Greer and contract extensions, and I would expect that to uh, continue. Your second question, having trouble watching All-22 on NFL Game Pass, is there any other way to watch the All-22? Thanks for your dedication, your craft. Unfortunately, there is not, and NFL Plus is a complete and abject disaster, if we're being honest. So, um, hang in there. When the regular season rolls around, it will help sort itself out. Uh, I know that's not necessarily uh, the reassurance that you're looking for, but at the same time, um, th there are unfortunately no additional options to watch all 22. Before we go any further, we have a very uh, important message that I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to listen to here today on today's show. Hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, and a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that happens? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Our next question here on the show comes from M-I-O Fins. He even gave me the phonetic pronunciation. Kevin King, question mark. Kyle, listener every day. Diehard Dolphins fan, love your show and the objective approach you take in your analysis. Your career continues to flourish, but selfishly hope you continue to podcast for our team. Thank you very much. With Trill Williams going down, the title of this is Kevin King. Do we pursue Kevin King? Love Trill and hate to see it. Um, and then another question about Teddy and cap usage and if we would move on from Teddy. Somebody else beat you to the punch. Kevin King's an interesting low-risk player if the Dolphins end up needing an outside corner. He's an exclusive outside boundary perimeter cornerback. Uh, for his movement skills, for his length, the issues with Kevin King to this point have largely been what we're seeing with Noah Benogany, his ball skills, right? consistency in locating the football. So um, that would not be a name that I would rule out for the Dolphins if they end up needing an outside corner down the road and say Joe Hayden signs elsewhere and Xavier Rhodes signs elsewhere and you need somebody who has game experience. Uh, Kevin King is certainly a stylistic fit. Uh, but would probably be like option C for the outside at best. 
Fish out of water from Rich Shake and Bake. First time review, long time listener. Thank you so much for the review of the show. Uh, thanks for providing a great platform to stay plugged in on our team. Fins up. When you like a team as good as the Dolphins, it can be hard to find good content that isn't just the normal media bashing. Kyle's an obvious diehard raw fan of the Dolphins and also knows a lot about the draft class. The only thing I wish I could say I can listen to you talk for an hour every day and still only 30 minutes. You could, uh, you could probably talk to David, David Locke, and see what his thoughts are on that. Uh, I heard a nickname for a, from a non-Dolphins fan about the Dolphins squad this year, the Legion of Zoom. Got me juiced up and excited for the season. My question is, what do you think about the nickname? Should we get that name out there in the Dolphins universe, or are there any other nicknames you have come across to best describe our exciting squad? And if you're also as hyped as I am for the odds of 4,000 for the plus 4,000 for the Finns to win the Super Bowl this year, let's have a good year uh, from Richie Bobby. I think Legion of Zoom is a perfect uh, mental picture to paint as far as what the Dolphins specifically on offense are going to be. But I'll say this too. This Dolphins team has speed on defense as well. I like Legion of Zoom a lot. And I'm hoping that they live up to that um, expectation, right? Because Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and, and no, do not be concerned if you see the practice reports that Jalen Waddell is day-to-day -day in practice right now. Uh, from what I understand, it is something that is minor. I know Mike McDaniel said that himself. They're being preventative. He would be practicing if he had his way. Jalen Waddell would be. So uh, nothing to be concerned about on that front. But having these guys all ready to go is the number one priority. And the most important thing that the Dolphins need to be focused on is get as ready as possible for week one of the regular season. David would like me to educate on B. Jones. Can you help me understand Brandon Jones? I hear things about him being a promising young safety, but in the same breath, see that he struggles in coverage, which sounds not great to me. And so his production going after the QB. And while that takes some skill, I thought of it as being a product of the scheme rather than and coming in untouched. Would you rather have both safeties excel in coverage, or is his skill set good to pair with Javon Holland? Thanks a million, Dave G. So Brandon is, he's not a universal player, and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. There's a lot of highly successful and impact players in the NFL who are not universal players. What I mean by that is I would not want to live in a world where Brandon Jones is consistently taking reps in Javon Holland's spot as the free safety of the defense. But here's, here's what the Dolphins structure defensively allows you to do. You have a dynamic ball hawk on the back end in Javon Holland. You have one of the best man-to-man -man cover corner duos in all of football. That coverage shell in itself is going to allow you to play with a certain level of aggressiveness that many NFL teams are not willing to live in that world, where they do not, they want to play two high safeties and they want to eliminate explosive plays. Well, the Dolphins have the players on the outside and in the free safety position in the post to make dynamic plays even when they have the extra hat down in the box. And the extra hat down in the box allows them to disguise more of their blitzes. The extra hat down in the box allows them to more consistently fit against the run. So uh, I, I look at the defensive structure in its entirety 
and understand that it's constructed in a way that kind of flies in the face of some of what the popular trends are across the NFL right now. Right now, the popular trend across the NFL is four down linemen, two high safeties. And how well can you fit the box with two high safeties and four down linemen? What's your nickel player going to look like being the seventh hat to insert against the run? It's where Devin White had so much success at LSU. They went with three down linemen, and Devin White would just be a jackhammer coming down in the line of scrimmage and be your fourth insert into a gap between the tackles. Well, the Dolphins, they're more control the line of scrimmage, let your speed in the back seven showcase itself, but we're going to play a lot of pressure looks. We're going to have a lot of dropping out from underneath on the A and B level of the defense for underneath zones, but we can lock up on the outside and know that we're going to have as good of a chance as any team in the NFL to turn it into nine on nine. And then you have the garbage man on the back end, Javon Holland, who any mistake that you make is going to erase and make a turnover play. That is conceptually how the Dolphins defense is supposed to work. And conceptually with those pieces in place, what then that then allows Brandon Jones to be is this hybrid strong safety, shallow zone player where things can happen in front of his face and he can really make some impact plays, but then he can walk up on the end of the line of scrimmage or be a stacked sub-package linebacker who can fit the run and can tackle in space and can make impact plays on third down, just closer to the line of scrimmage. Not every team wants to live in that world, but the Dolphins' entire infrastructure is built that way, and that was the biggest argument for not changing defensive coordinators because so much of the DNA on that side of the ball through three years with Brian Flores had been realized by how much and how often they invested in the defensive side of the ball. So that, for me, is the best way that I can explain to you why Brandon Jones is a good piece. Eric, with our last review of the day today, excellent podcasts on Locked On. Happy that the Dolphins beat the Bucks. They were the best and worst moments of the performance. Oh, so it was just a review, like a straight review. Thanks for leaving one, Eric. It's good to hear from you. And I actually lied. There is one more from Kurt that was just off my screen that just popped in. It's got to be trying, time to try to find a new home for Noah. He's a bust and was never really supposed to be a first-round pick in the first place. Could have had DeAndre Swift. But with Trill going down and then picking up Alexander, Mackenzie Alexander to practically take his spot and not give it to Noah just shows the faith that they have in him. What's the best you could see the Dolphins getting for Noah Benogany? If the Dolphins decided to move on from Noah Benogany, you'd probably have a late-round pick swap, but quite frankly, one where you'd probably be giving up the higher pick. I think that's the market right now. I don't think you're getting a five. You'd probably give a five and get a six back. You'd give a six and get a seven back and save a million and a half against the cap. And a team could have a low-risk roll of the dice in the same way that the Dolphins traded for Isaiah Wilson for a conditional seven. And Isaiah Wilson proceeded to not show up for the team. That's not to say that is the uh, personality, you know, from everything we've heard. No, he's continuing to work hard and try to get better at his craft. But it's just the, the something's not clicking. So uh, almost reminds me, and not necessarily to the same degree, but uh, Philadelphia, when they drafted uh, Markel Fultz with the number one pick in the NBA draft, and Fultz flounders in, in 
Philadelphia and then gets a new start in Orlando and makes something of himself, I think is a, a good kind of parallel to just something didn't something never clicked. And I think that's what we're seeing with Noah. I hope this podcast clicked for all of you. Hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Make it a great rest of your Thursday. I will talk with you guys again tomorrow to talk about what I'm looking for in the Dolphins' second preseason game against the Las Vegas Raiders.